My name is Bill Crockett, and this is Touch of the Master's Hand. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to Touch of the Master's Hand. My name is Bill Crockett. Today's episode is entitled Caught in the Act, and it comes from a story that we find in John chapter 8. So if you have a Bible and you want to open your Bible to John chapter 8, we're going to start reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Have you ever been caught in the act of doing something wrong? Busted, so to speak, with your hand in the cookie jar? I have. When I was growing up, our family went to Daytona Beach, Florida, every summer for vacation. One summer, when I was about 14 years old, my brother and I walked down the street from our hotel to a 7-Eleven convenience store to get some candy. We purchased about five pieces of bubble gum, um, which the clerk placed in a, a brown bag and gave it to us. We then proceeded back to the aisle where the candy was and began to put candy in the bag, which, he, which we had not paid for. We left the store, walked back to our hotel, thinking we had just pulled off the biggest candy heist in Daytona Beach. We thought we were so smart. As we sat on the veranda of the hotel and sorted out our spoils, Dad came out and asked where we got all that candy. We told him at the 7-Eleven. Dad knew he had not given us enough money to buy that much candy, so it didn't take him very long to figure out what we had done. We were busted. We had been caught in the act of counting our spoils. Dad proceeded to take us back to the 7-Eleven and make us tell the store manager what we had done. He also said he would support any action the manager wanted to take against us, including prosecution and arrest. Fortunately for us, the store manager was appreciative that we came back and chose not to press charges. We paid for the candy and left. I'll not go into the details of the punishment we received when we arrived back at the hotel, but needless to say, I never stole anything again, ever. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. 
I read these words in an article as I was preparing for this episode. I thought, what is my past? The 7-Eleven story immediately came to my mind, and quite often we consider our past those things from long ago. However, two weeks ago is actually our past. Two days ago is our past. Two minutes or even two seconds ago is also in the past. And there's one thing about the past. There's nothing we can do to change it. The future is all we have. You know, this truth is never more relative than when thinking about our relationship with God. The encounter we read about today in John chapter 8 is of a woman who is caught in the act of adultery and brought before Jesus for the purpose of judgment. She was in this situation because of something she had done in the past and got caught. As a result, there were two specific reactions to her sin. One reaction came from the religious leaders. A different reaction came from Jesus. I think it's very important that we understand how God looks at us when we sin, despite how the people around us may view it. So I want us to take a look at the religious leaders and Jesus and the different ways that they treated this woman. So let's start, first of all, with the religious leaders. And this is not uncommon of how people today might treat us when it comes to our sin. The first thing I noticed they did to the woman was they humiliated her. The Bible says they put her in front of the crowd. Then they announced to Jesus and the crowd what she had been caught doing. John 8 verses 1 through 4, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was brought back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And notice this, they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And they said it so everybody could hear it. You know, this woman had to know the ramifications of being caught in the act of adultery. But aside from her fear of punishment, she now had the feeling of humiliation because her sin had been announced to the entire crowd. And you know, it was obvious these religious leaders were not interested in the well-being of the woman, only the vindication of their rules. So they humiliated her. Number two, they wanted her punished. These leaders pointed out to Jesus that the law said she should be stoned to death because of her sin. Verse 5 says, the law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? Once again, there's no compassion or concern for this woman's soul or a desire to see her repent and change. The world can be this way too, extremely judgmental about our faults with no concern about our life. And then number three, they wanted to discredit Jesus. You see, verses 6 through 8 say they were trying to trap him so they would have a reason to accuse him of something wrong. Listen to verses 6 through 8. They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. 
There will always be those who want to discredit Christianity, Jesus, and the Bible. They will look for every opportunity to point out a fault and criticize when others are trying to follow Jesus, and they are not. Never more so than when a Christian falls and makes a mistake. This is unfortunate, but it's a reality of life, and the same was true in this story. Once again, there's no concern for the woman. My friend, don't let the anger and criticism of people stop you from coming to God for forgiveness. Don't ever think that God is angry with you like these people may be. Look at how Jesus responded to the woman. First of all, he pointed out that the woman was not the only offender. Verses 7 through 9 say, They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Jesus consented to let them stone her as they wished, but the one requirement was the person throwing the stone had to be without sin. Slowly, they all turned and walked away. The point being, we're all sinners and worthy of punishment. While sometimes we may tend to be judgmental in our own self-righteousness, we've got to remember there's nothing good about us except God. And but for the grace of God, we could all be in the same position. Galatians 6, 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So first of all, Jesus pointed out that the woman was not the only offender. Number two, he did not condemn the the woman. Verses 10 and 11 say, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. It's interesting to notice that Jesus did not deny that she had sinned, nor did he excuse her sin. He just didn't condemn her for it. There was another solution to condemnation, and that was grace and the opportunity of a second chance. John 3.17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Romans 8.1 says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to change us and offer us forgiveness. And then number three, Jesus instructed her to change her life of sin. While Jesus did not condemn her, he did instruct her to leave her life of sin. My friend, it does not matter what we've done. It only matters what we will do when given the opportunity to turn from our sin and follow Jesus. Regardless of what we've done, we can still be used by God. 
if you're struggling in your mind trying to understand whether God loves you or could ever forgive you for something you did, I'm here today to tell you he will forgive and he'll make your life whole again with purpose and joy. I know because he did it for me. Let me close today's episode with 1 John 1 verses 8 and 9, where the Bible says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you that no matter what we have done, we can be forgiven. And I pray today that if there's anyone under the sound of my voice who has thought in some way that you didn't care, please help them to know how much you love them and bring them back to yourself so they will be forgiven and once again live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us today on Touching the Master's Hand. I hope you have a wonderful day. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.